0: Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hi, this is Blake
1: Lindsay. I certainly do want to welcome you to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. If you're here for the first time, we're happy to have you. If you've downloaded the Ziglar Inspire Podcast before, we're glad to have you back. We have picked a really fun Zig Ziglar classic today that we know you'll enjoy. I've heard Zig say it takes 16 times for something to really sink in. So if you've heard this in a live venue before, we recommend you enjoy this classic clip again. I'm going to listen with you and I'll be back in a few minutes. i'm going to be talking now about how to stay motivated and that's critically important that you remain that way now i'm not talking about being on cloud 89 24 hours a day but i'm talking about being up 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 in a down down world I'm going to start by asking you five questions. The first one is kind of a marketing question. Uh, how many of you have either heard me before or else this is your first time? Could I, uh, uh, could I see your hands, please? All right. Well, you're still here. That's good. All right. Now, second question is kind of tricky, so stay with me. How many of you honestly and sincerely believe, matter of fact, there's no doubt about it in your mind, that there is something you can specifically do in the next three weeks that would make your personal life, your family life, and your business life worse? Can I see your hand, all right? Then how many of you believe there's something you can specifically do in the next three weeks that would make your personal life, your family life, and your business life better? Can I see your hands, please, all right? How many of you believe the choice is yours? See your hand. How many of you believe every choice has an end result? Can I see your hand? Now, let me tell you what you and the live audience just agreed to, whether you realize it or not. In so many words, what you just said was look, I don't really care how bad or good my past has been. I don't even really care how bad or good my present circumstances are at this moment because there's something I can do right now that will make my future either better or worse, and the choice is mine. Now, folks, that's profound. What it says is, look, I am not a victim. There are things that I can do with my life that will make it infinitely better. And I can change that starting immediately. We can let our past either beat us or teach us. But what I want to do is share with you and show you a picture of life itself. You see, life has its ups and downs. But uh, I have a friend named C.I. Dixon, and he's writing a book titled, uh, You Can't Climb a Smooth Mountain. And there's never been truer words spoken. You cannot climb a smooth mountain. You've got to have those crags in there, the crannies and the dips in it, in order to get a foothold so you can take the next step up. I read a poem the other day that said, I love it on the mountaintop, but it's in the valley I grow. So as we look at this, we're going to be looking at how do you handle life at the peak, at the top, in the valley, and when you're in the depths. We're going to be talking about something, I believe, that will make a difference. Not only how to to get up when you've been knocked down, but to stay up a lot longer when you are up. I love the story of the uh, one-legged skier, Special Olympics. Uh, She was in competition, the final run, her and one other skier. And this other lady in skiing first uh, fell down. And the second lady said to herself and to her friend, said, Well, I'm not going to fall. I'm going to win this one. You can just count on it. Well, as the tides of fortune turned, she literally did fall. The other skier won, and somebody said to her, Well, she was just faster. And this lady said, oh, no, she wasn't. She just got up faster. Now, success in life is not determined by being knocked down. All of us get knocked down from time to time. It is determined by how fast you get up. And that's what we want to be looking at. As we look at this, I want to simply say, in order to get motivated and stay that way, you got to move not just into positive thinking, but in Perzegative thinking. Now, what on earth is perzegative thinking? Well, we're going to get in that as we go along. It has to do with thinking properly about all areas of life, not just in your career, but in your family, in your personal life, in every area of life. We're going to be looking at how do you get there and then how you stay there. I'm going to tell you, I will be speaking for an hour, and you've been here all day And yet at the end of this hour, I'm going to tell you right now, you will be more energized physiologically when I get through than you are at this very moment. Now, that's a pretty strong statement for somebody who has been here all day. And now, these chairs are not the most comfortable chairs uh, in existence. How many of you would agree with that? Okay. <laughs> They're not the most com- And yet, you're going to be more energized because things happen uh, in this process that really are going to get you excited. Uh, I want to also uh, simply say to you that we can change, and we can change almost immediately. A number of years ago, my son and I were in Phoenix, Arizona. We had been in a golf tournament. We were headed back. Weather was great during the tournament, horrible as we were leaving. Rainstorm, hail was falling. We got soaking wet. Planes were delayed. Computers were down. 4,283 passengers were waiting to get on airplanes there in the airport. 291 of them were waiting in line when we got down to the gate to come on to Dallas. Well, as I watched the gate agent, I'm telling you, when I first saw him, he was a a fair-haired blonde. By the time I got to him, he was a flaming redhead. I mean, I watched the color as it moved up, up, up. Everybody was raining on his parade. They blamed him for the weather. They blamed him for the economy. They blamed him for the computer breakdown. I mean, the time I got there, it looked like the cruise director for the Titanic. I mean, they obviously licked all the red off of his candy. But as is my custom, I stepped up to him and I said, well, how you done?" And he very sarcastically said, compared to who? I said, compared to the person who does not have a job of any kind, compared to the individual who does not have nice warm clothes to work in and a dry, heated building to work in, uh, compared to those who have no place where they can even go to private worship, they can't travel without governmental position, they live in poverty-stricken land. I said, how do you compare? He said, I compare wonderfully well, and I'm doing a whole lot better, and thank you for reminding me of that. Now there was an instant change and all that had been changed was the input in his mind. You're What you are and where you are because of what's going into your mind. You can change what you are and you can change where you are by changing the input in your mind and you have a choice on that. Now let me ask you a couple of questions. First of all, how many of you believe that as a direct result of that short conversation, he immediately became more effective in his job? Can I see your hands, please? Let me tell you how much better he got and how excited he got. He moved my son and me up to first class. I mean, uh, <laughs> he really got on the ball. Now, he was greeting people pleasantly. How many of you believe that if 10 minutes bz that's before Zig, 10 minutes before Zig had his supervisor come by, how many of you think he stood a pretty fair chance to getting chewed out pretty royally. Can I see your hand? Maybe even suggesting that the airline could survive without him. Okay. How many of you believe that 10 minutes after I left, had the supervisor come by, he might have uh, said to him, you know, I want to keep this young man's name in mind because he has a future with this company. How many of you? Well, the question is, can we as people change? Yes. And dramatically, not just for the moment, but that one did just for the moment. Maybe, maybe it lasted him all day, maybe a week. But how do you stay that way when we change? Well, several years ago, Laurie Majors, my administrative executive assistant for the last 24 years, uh, Laurie got a call from a lady in Birmingham, Alabama. And she had a real serious problem on her job. She knew I was coming to Birmingham and wanted me to spend a few minutes with her. Well, I agreed to do so. I met her a few minutes before I was to speak. I was backstage on one side. She came on the other side. And when she saw me, she almost literally started crying. Oh, I'm just so glad to see you. I got this terrible job. I just hated. I hate it. everything about it. Can you help me? She was the kind of a person that could brighten up a whole room by leaving it. You have, a, I mean, you know, you, you, you have seen people like that. And I said, ma'am, I think I can, uh, but I said, let me, uh, let me say you don't like anything about it? She said, no, I don't. I said, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you, when you get home tonight, I want you to get out a sheet of paper, at the top of it put, I like my job because, she said, I just told you I don't like nothing about that job. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Do they pay you for working there? Well, she said, of course they pay me for working that. I said, you don't like to be paid. Oh, she said, yes, I do, too. Well, I said, well, now, 30 seconds ago, you said you didn't like nothing about the job. She said, well, I didn't know you was talking about that. Don't you think income's important? Yes, I do. Well, I'll tell you what to do. Get your notebook out. You got it with you. We will make a list of the things you do like about your job. She just stood there. I said, no, get your notebook out. We'll make a list of them right now. She just stood there. I said, ma'am, let me tell you about my experience in life. I've discovered that people who will not take step number one never take step number two. Therefore, you're wasting your time, I'm wasting my time. I think we both should disband and go our own ways and do things that we know we can do. If you're unwilling to get involved in solving your own problem, I cannot solve it for you. She came to me with an impossible dream. That nice Mr. Ziegler was going to solve her problems. Folk, I can't solve anybody's problem. But I'll tell you what I will guarantee you. I will guarantee you the process and procedure we're going to go through will help you enormously. Now, I want to emphasize, I validate things psychologically, theologically, and physiologically before I verbalize them, write them, or record them. We're physical, we're mental, and we are spiritual, and we need to deal with all of them. By the time we got through with her list, there were 22 things about her jobs that she liked. Not only did they pay her there, but they paid her above average for working there. They bought three seminars a year for her to attend. She was in on profit sharing, had a retirement program, three weeks vacation with pay, had uh, hospital insurance, life insurance, accident insurance. She lived less than 10 minutes from home, was in on management decision, had her own private... Par- I mean, 22 things she liked about her job. Now, I said, man, when you get home tonight... When you've gotten all of the things done that you have to do before you go to bed, get off in a separate room right by yourself, change the word, I like my job, to I love my job, and go right down the list. I love my job because they pay me for working there. I love my job because they pay me above average working there. I love my job because I have a wonderful retirement program. I love my job. I love my job. I love my job. And let me tell you what you're doing. Every time you say, I love my job, you are saying, I am grateful for my job. That is the healthiest of all human emotions. Now, ma'am, let me tell you something. You'll sleep better tonight. You'll dream different dreams. When you get up tomorrow morning, what you want to do is take the list with you because you will have in 24 hours shifted from being a fault finder to being a good finder. You know, some people find fault like there's a reward for it. I said, you take the list with you, and you will be adding to that list on a regular basis. Do this every morning and every night for the next 30 days, and I'll absolutely guarantee you, you will have an amazing discovery about you and your future. Inside of each one of us, there are those qualities that will enable us to do remarkable things with our life. Do it every morning, every night for the next 30 days. Well, six weeks later, I was back in Birmingham doing a follow-up sales seminar. And though the lady was not in sales, she had uh, been listening to my tapes in Automobile University and had learned that everybody sold every day of their life. So there she sat on the front row of the sales seminar, grinning so wide she could have eaten a banana sideways. I'm telling you, (laughs) she was excited. I said, well, ma'am, how you doing? She said, I'm doing wonderfully well. She said, you can't believe how much those people down there have changed. (laughs) Now, a couple of major points I want to make. Point number one is she was not responsible at that first stage of her life for her self-talk. Her self-talk had been handed down to her by her parents who always found fault with her. You never can do anything right. You're always sloppy, never on time. Why can't you be like your brother? Then guess what kind of man she married? That's exactly right, another fault finder. And she had therefore inherited all of this self-talk. And that's a very, very important thing. Now, here's something that is very exciting to me because it (laughs) reveals the way we go about change. This particular lady uh, did three things there. And because you have these tapes in your car and because this is part of the program, you will have the same opportunities doing exactly the same thing. What she had done is she changed the input. She'd become a good finder, and that is what changed her negative self-talk to positive self-talk. But it goes a whole lot further than that. You see, what happened is there's no such thing as a bad habit or a good habit. All of me got buddies. What had happened was that when she started looking for the good in her job, then she remembered that her parents had also loved her, provided her a secure place to live, paid for education, gave her food, shelter, clothing, and the things that were imported. She realized that her husband had been loyal and faithful. There were some good qualities about him. You concentrate on what the good is, and that's when good things begin to happen. Now, let me emphasize a point, and this is one of the things that kind of of gets me excited and uh, keeps me excited, and that simply is the fact that we can make radical changes in our life in minute steps. You know, earthquakes and hurricanes get all the publicity, but termites do more damage than both of them put together. And those little suckers are small, they're little bitty, and the bites they take are so small, you can't even see them with the naked eye. But oh, there's so many of those little fellows, and they take so many bites. Radical changes in minute steps. Example, 24 years of my adult life by choice, I weighed well over 200 pounds. I say by choice simply because I have never accidentally eaten anything in my life. It's always by choice. Now, if I choose to eat too much, then I have chosen to weigh too much. During the 24 years I was overweight, uh, I lost a couple of thousand pounds, give a thousand or take a thousand. You know, tried every diet known to man, tried the 30 day diet, lost a month. Uh, but I was determined. I dieted religiously. I quit eating in church. I did the whole thing. Uh, I tried them all. Then I realized that I didn't have the answers, so I sought wise counsel. Went to see Dr. Ken Cooper. He put me on a sensible eating and exercise program. Up until then, my idea of exercise simply was to fill the tub, take a bath, pull the plug, and fight the current. I mean, <laughs> that was it. But one of the keys is... When I realized that all I had to do was lose one and nine-tenths ounces a day, on average, every day for ten months, the weight would be gone. I did it, it was gone, and it's still gone. Today I weigh within a half pound of what I weighed at the end of this particular program. Exercising regularly, eating sensibly, getting a reasonable amount of sleep, and I flat don't worry. I just flat believe, uh, folks, that we can do so many things. When we throw a little faith, positive thinking, input in our mind, and all of these other things, it makes a difference. Let me ask you, do you feel motivated? Are you grateful for the job you have? We'll stay tuned together for more motivating clips from Mr. Zig Ziglar. Until next week... I'm Blake Lindsay, encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. 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 Inspiring true performance.